Up next, Scott talks to us about staging and launch strategies. You're listening to Off to Market with Scott Farley and Hamish Chadwick. So what's staging and what's, uh, what's our launch strategy all about? Well, um, I guess the crux of them is when you start a project, where, where are you, how are you going to take it to market and what are your means to do that? So by staging a project, uh, what I'm speaking about there is possibly if you have a project that has a lot of accessories or could be done in a very elaborate way, but also could be done in a very simple way. And let's say you're developing the product uh, as direct sales, so you're going to be manufacturing, developing and selling it yourself. You really, if, if you don't have a really big budget for that, then a way of getting to market without spending millions of dollars is to do it in a way, in a staged manner. So you basically go out with one model, the simplest uh, simplest way it can be done, and then try and develop on that as once you've hit the market and start generating an income. So so just, just to clarify, this is, when you're talking about staging, it's part of the sales, initial sales process it, of launching a product? It's more, it's more about uh, what you're going to develop. So you could develop the whole range of a product or you could develop one type of the range so that you can do, that's within your means. So also, if there's, if there's different markets for it, right. you, can, you can pick the lowest hanging fruit. So perhaps it might have technology that can be used in 20 different industries. One of them takes a lot of marketing energy to educate the marketer and the other one people know about it and they're easy to access, there's a good distribution network, there's... Uh, People already on a, on forums listening and talking about it, and you can just pop into those things and, and populate that information. I mean, that's sort of your area that you know you're finding what, what what the easiest way to market a product is, and that can be very expensive if you're trying to educate a market. So, with with our industry where it's first of world, a lot of first of world stuff, uh, sometimes you have to educate the market as to why they need this product, you know, because they haven't used it before. It's new, and you have to try and educate a market, which is actually quite costly. Mm. So, so staging and launch strategies, okay, so, so quite often um, uh, we'll we look at a project and we know that it can do 10 things and we know we could add 50 accessories to it. And so then we try and find the market that's the most easily accessible. We might have a pipeline that we already know, we're, we, we've already sold into a certain market before we know there's a, an existing pipeline to sell into, uh, a, a distribution network or something. And we, we sort of formulate the product around that to start generating an income, and then we build on that product. So quite often, you'll see companies that come out with a fairly standard or simple product, and it, it gets more and more elaborate as it goes on. You can almost see it with the Apple iPhone, even though that was quite revolutionary and very technologically advanced for when it came out. It, it just got more and more advanced as it went on. You know, it, it sort of went to, to market with you know, a fairly simple, although very technologically advanced and very innovative, proposal it's all it's developed up with apps and all these sorts of things that added to it and, and that probably would have been in the pipeline and, and planned for earlier mm. but they've probably gone gone with the, the, the simplest iteration um, lowest hanging fruit what do I mean by that like you, you know sometimes uh, we had a, uh, a product it was a, um, a self-evacuating bottle for packaging and it actually it's actually changed the world of packaging every every package you get with a perishable um, product that now is packed right to the rim. Mm-hmm. It's got very little, what they call headspace, a gap between the top of the bottle and, the, and, the, and where the water begins or the fluid begins. That that was based, um, that, that could have suited almost any um, 
in the industry. But we chose wine because wine had an issue where shipping wine overseas in, in glass bottles is an issue because if you get a breakage, you can contaminate the whole mm. you know, pallet or, or even a container full. Um, so there was a need there and also it allowed the um, um, winemakers to reduce the, the um, sulfurs in the, in the preservatives. And that's what they loved because they could get the taste of the wine that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So it had a it had a need, and it was we had easy access to it. Um, that project didn't actually go through, but um, that was the lowest hanging fruit. We could have chosen milk, it was far too commodity based, and it would have been very difficult to sort of uh, for that industry to accept the, the cost involved with a new new vessel. Whereas the wine had enough um, profit margin in it to accept that. So trying to find, this is all part of the strategies of when you go to launch, and this is what happens in the first few hours of meeting with me. We sit down, we find out what the means are, what avenue we want to take, what sort of um, sales pipeline we're going to use. So in the same respect there, if you were going to license a product, you'd you'd probably add a lot more bells and whistles to that product because you're not actually manufacturing all the bells and whistles, you're just developing them. And so you can do that within your means and then sell that on to a multinational who a multinational who can do all the all the work and pay for all the tooling and everything. Uh, if you're doing a distribution model, you probably want to do sort of a half as many as many as you can afford accessories and bells and whistles mm-hmm. because you're going to be manufacturing it, so your costs on you. But the distribution the distribution network may quickly want all the bells and whistles because the customers you know it's going to be out there very quickly. You know, a lot of people are going to see it, and there's going to be a lot of pressure back onto you to develop the other one. So, uh, with direct sale, obviously, you're doing the manufacturing, the development, and everything itself. Um, you've got to be very careful about how much you spend because you don't really want to be ordering, you know, 5,000 of each little accessory in the first hit. Mm. Uh, we did a product um, called the For Keen Hunter, which is a rifle mount, um, it's a portable, portable rifle mount, really, really good. Uh, nice stable platform for your rifle uh, really good for um, trekkers and hunters that go out in the field because it's small and portable and um, fantastic product perfectly viable on its own just as a, as a rifle mount um, but has plenty of options for accessories um, we decided just to develop the first one get out there get it selling and then come back and do the accessories afterwards I struck it with another one we just did um, which is uh, Kelly Laverage product very very successful product, quite a large product. It was a strainer bucket, so basically you had an internal strainer that was able to soak your dirty laundry and then sit uh, above the bucket so it was all collected, a little uh, release valve that you didn't have to touch in your water. So the whole process was really convenient, good soaking, no, no, no need to touch the water. She's done very well with it, um, but the tooling for that was quite expensive because it's a large product, we, and she had Plenty of other ideas with smaller version and versions for different industries. Um, chose the one with the most, the, the lowest hanging fruit, which was the, the biggest pain point, which is people with dirty dirty nappies and things. And, and of course, that was um, the biggest market, the easiest to access, and um, the most pain. People just don't want to touch that sort of stuff. So aimed at that market first, got sales going, and then she's, she's working on other projects now for smaller versions and the rest. So that's a really, really good option. Um, we've got another one at the moment um, where we actually chose an industry. So this this product we're doing now, I can't speak about it because it's still under confidentiality, but it's it's got an option to do a novelty version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a very commercial specific version for airlines or um, tr- public transport, and it's got a personal um, 
uh, sorry, sorry, more of a, yeah, another another version which is more commercial, but in um, uh, establishments like breweries and pubs and clubs and things. So that could we could have taken either 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 line, but because of the novelty aspect, it's a very easy one to trigger people's um, need, very easy to access those people. So we're looking at doing a crowdfunding program for them based on the novelty product, generate sales, all the same technologies being used, so it's all tested and used and, and um, will be just transferred to the commercial versions afterwards once he's generating an income from the novelty version. And I mean, the other commercial ones just wouldn't suit the crowdfunding method mm. and the crowdfunding method was a very easy way to sort of generate some income to, to pay for the tooling. So it's, it, it sounds to me the strategy for staging then is all about the reinvestment capacity uh, exactly. or uh, opportunity from the initial product. So it's about looking at what, like you were saying before, what's going to make get cash flow immediately rather than launching everything and then use that revenue or part of that revenue to accessorize yep. is that is that how you is that how, what you how you deal with clients that's what you're pushing forward putting forward yeah it's all about um deciding you know realizing what your resources are what you're capable of and what the best opportunity is to make the most advantage of that that, mm. that resource and uh, your skills your time and your finances what they'll allow you to do and usually we can sort of slot into a spot there and and uh, sort of shoehorn them into an area start them making money and then all of a sudden once they have an income, the rest of it's very easy because you can obviously get finance. Mm. Whereas when you're first starting up, the risk factor is too difficult for banks to understand. They won't finance it generally. Mm. I have seen it happen. Um, but it's sort of a very brave bank manager who will uh, get behind a startup because you're, like in anything, you're investing in the person yeah. and in the market that they want it and the, can you solve the technology. So a few risks there, which banks aren't usually open to no. <laughs> and, and quite often investors aren't either so it's uh, it's a way of trying to allow a, a, a startup or an individual to use what resources they have to get them to be generating an income to then go on and develop a big company from and that's about it so look for the uh, look for the things that um, are easiest to do uh, easiest to sell to the biggest pain point something that you, you know the market's really going to absorb easily within your budget. Okay. Great. That's uh, excellent information, Scott. No problems. All right. Onwards and upwards. Next week. (laughs) You've been listening to Off to Market with Scott Farley and Hamish Chadwick.